Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. From the field, to the film room, to the war room. We've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am your host Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by my co-host and fellow draft enthusiast Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure to check out his podcast, Party on Broad. Dives, how are you doing today? I'm doing better. Uh, we are recording on January 16th, the day after the Eagles' collapse has ended. Uh, but it is officially draft season. We've got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And I'm also joined by my co-host on Chalk Talk, Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Be sure you check out his Tough Cover radio show every Saturday. Uh, Mark, how are you doing? I'm in draft mode. It's draft day. No matter what, uh, yeah, I'm all the way there at this point. It took about four hours. Four hours of wallowing in self-pity um, and then fired up the mock draft simulators big time. Did some seven-round Eagles mocks. Did some first full-round mocks. We're back, baby. We are so back. So we're going <laughs> to dive into this. If you guys have followed the BGN draft show throughout the year, you should know some of these names that we're going to talk about. If not, if you're just joining us now, if you're not into the draft until the season is over, welcome aboard. And we're going to use this as a way to springboard uh, our draft coverage, a, a way to briefly talk about the teams at the top of the draft and their needs and the players that could fill them. Um, and, you know, in the lead up to the draft, we've got a schedule mapped out. We'll do position rankings for every position group. We'll do a senior bowl show. We'll do a combine show. We'll do a my guys show. So we're going to have a lot of draft coverage coming your way. There will be Eagles mock drafts, but today we're going to do a full first round mock draft. We're just going to all go down the list here. One, two, three. Uh, I'm going to arrange our order here. So it's right. So we can go top to bottom, but uh, dives, you're going to be on the clock here first for the bears. The number one overall pick. Uh, where are you going here? Yeah, for the second year in a row, the Bears hold the key to the draft. They own the first overall pick. What do they do? Uh, the decision will likely determine Justin Fields' future with the team. Um, and this one's a no-brainer. As I'm a Justin Fields guy. I think he's terrific. But he is nowhere near the arm talent of Caleb Williams. And they got a decision to make. And at the end of the day, Caleb Williams, I think, is a championship-level quarterback. Uh, the throws he makes out of structure. Uh, he can hit every throw on all three levels. Give me Caleb Williams. All right. I also should have mentioned up top, this is a no trade mock draft. So even if you didn't want to take a quarterback, you pretty well have to under those circumstances. But 
Uh, QB comes off the board at one. That puts Mark up with the Washington Commanders uh, at number two. Yeah, I think we talked on Chalk Talk this week about how I think the Washington Commanders are the most attractive job available um, on the entire you know, coaching carousel. And it's because of having the second pick and having the ability to draft Drake May. Um, and Drake May, in most drafts, would be going number one overall. But Caleb Williams is an elite, elite-level prospect, the likes of which we've only seen a couple times uh, in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, so. Drake May slots in at number two here, but the commanders are absolutely pumped. And I think, you know, no longer will the Eagles and the Cowboys and sometimes the Giants be able to kick around the commanders and count on their incompetence because I think Drake May and a new head coach and a new, you know, regime there is definitely going to change things around. So Drake May is, you know, a perfect fit there. Yeah. uh, I mean, I think you can like, 99.9% lock in those being the top two picks right now, January 16th. It's going to go Caleb May, Drake Williams. You're going to, I said that (laughs) Caleb Williams, Drake May, you can lock it in. You're going to hear a lot of smoke between now and the draft. Those guys are going one and two. They're going to the bears and the commanders. The draft starts at three. Yeah. And you go ahead. Sorry. I thought my bad. And the one thing I wanted to highlight on Williams that I forgot about with May as well, they I feel like there's a narrative that they've both fallen off. Go kind of dive deep into the stats. They they were both fantastic this year. They both played less games than last year. They were only slightly worse on a per-game basis. Um, they, they both had incredible, incredible seasons. And before this year, we were raving about them as all-time prospects. Um, there's nothing about what happened to Williams in May on tape this season that made me feel worse. In fact, there's a lot that made me feel even better. Caleb Williams actually had a better QBR this year than last year. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we do this every year. Like this time last year, it was this quarterback, upcoming quarterback (laughs) class is phenomenal. And and now that we're a year out or now that we're a year further along, people are going to start picking apart flaws in these guys. And they're going to say, but next year, it's just the cycle of drafts. But uh, so the the draft really starts at number three with the New England Patriots. Uh, They're obviously going to have a new head coach. Bill Belichick's gone. Uh, they have tons of cap space this offseason, so they can dramatically improve their roster via free agency if they spend wisely. They obviously have a need at quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver. Like I think you start on the offensive side of the ball here, and it really comes down to taking a wide receiver or a tackle, and I don't know how Marvin Harrison can be on the board and you don't take him. So I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the slam dunk pick here. Uh, for the Patriots, he'd be the best receiver they've had since what that Randy Moss season in 2007. Uh, they have not had this kind of talent. So Marvin Harrison Jr. to New England, and that would put Dives back up for the number four pick for the Cardinals. All right, just like the Bears, you know the the biggest question with the Arizona Cardinals is what they're going to do with Kyler Murray. Um, could they consider trading down? Uh, what are they going to do? You know, cornerback, edge, defensive line, wide receiver are all needs for the Arizona Cardinals. They have two first round picks. They have a second round pick and two third round picks. This team is loaded with draft picks. And uh, a lot of mock drafts are going to go with Malik Neighbors here. Not me. I am going with Roma Dunze, uh, who, who is my number five on my big board, uh, a, a little bit higher than Malik Neighbors. 
Uh, Roma Dunze is a guy, is a quarterback's best friend. He can hit you on all three levels. He's a game changer, a difference maker. If you just watch Washington, uh, he's uber clutch. He, he's he's always he wants the ball in big moments. Uh, give me Roma Dunze, who uh, is just got superstar written all over him. All right, and that puts Mark up at number five with the Los Angeles Chargers, a team nobody thought would be picking this high, but here they are. Uh, where do you go if you're the Chargers, Mark? Yeah, and I, I feel like the Cardinals were breaking. <clears throat> their iPads and laptops in their war room when Marvin Harrison went off the board. The Chargers were doing the same thing when Roma Dunze went off the board. Uh, that would have been the perfect fit. Uh, I'm, I feel like Roma Dunze versus Malik Neighbors is going to be such a big-time argument this draft season. I think that's going to be like the argument outside of quarterback. I'm glad Dibes and I are on the same side. Hopefully, when it comes to big board time, Shane's on the right side of history there um, on the Odunze train. Um, but I'm actually not going with neighbors. Although I will say, if you're the Chargers, you have no excuse of to walk out of this draft without one of Marvin Harrison, Roma Dunze, weak neighbors, or the guy I'm going to go with, Brock Bowers. And, wow. and I, I've had a lot of moments over the last couple of years where I question whether or not tight end should go high in a draft. Brock Bowers seems to dispel all of those notions. He does everything well. I mean, you see some of the plays that he made in big games over his career in Georgia, the one play where he planked to get the first down and stay in bounds. It's one of the most athletic things I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's an incredible blocker, incredible receiver, yards after catch, red zone target. Um, hopefully this isn't a Kyle Pitts situation where Kyle Pitts was just a receiver, obviously. Brock Bowers, even if he doesn't translate as a next level receiving talent, he's going to be you know, one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL right away. Uh, but the receiving talent should translate because I think this guy is just an elite level prospect. So the Chargers, I think Bowers would help Justin Herbert out there plenty. All right. So that puts me on the clock for the Giants and the Giants at number six. They're in no man's land when it comes to quarterback. They're <clears throat> They're basically tied to Daniel Jones being on the roster next year. So the question is, do you make a strong move up for a quarterback now? If you believe in Jaden Daniels or if you believe in anybody, then you got to go do that. You're probably not going to be this high in the draft again next year. I mean, assuming Daniel Jones plays next year, you're probably going to pick lower than sixth. Uh, you could also use a right tackle because at this point, Evan Neal has been awful two years in a row. Uh, you could use interior O-line. You could use a wide receiver one. So. You know, you look at guys at the top of the boards here, Joe Alt, uh, Olu Fashanu, both left tackles. Uh, you need a right tackle. So I think that makes that a little easier. Uh, so it really comes down to Malik Neighbors, or, or do you take his quarterback, Jaden Daniels? And I don't know how this will shake out in the draft, but for the purposes of this exercise, the Giants are going to take a swing at quarterback Wow! Uh, and take Jaden Daniels at number six overall. The Falcons are upset. Wow. <laughs> All right, so that puts uh, Dives back on the clock for the Titans at number seven. Yeah, uh, yeah. the good news with the Titans, like Will Levis showed some signs of promise when he took over as a starter. Uh, Tennessee's offensive line needs help, uh, at least in two spots, you, you know, tackle and guard. Uh, this is a, a Titans O-line that needs help. They have no, uh, a pick in the first round. They have a pick in the second round. Uh, no third round pick. Offensive tackle is easily 
their biggest issue. And, you know, this is kind of a debatable topic of conversation. 1A, 1B, Olu Fashnu versus Joe Alt. I'm actually Olu Fashnu, team Olu Fashnu. I, I love him. Uh, I think when it comes to football IQ and upside and measurables, he's got it all. Um, and that little bit of upside, I think, is just a little bit higher uh, for Fashnu. So I'm going to go offensive tackle Olu Fashnu out of Penn State to the Tennessee Titans. And suddenly that left side of the offensive line with Skaronsky and Fashnu looks ridiculously elite. Yeah, gives gives Levis the best offensive line he's ever played with. That's for <laughs> sure. All right, Mark, that puts you up for the Falcons at pick number eight. Yeah, the Falcons, usually you see the Falcons go ahead and take, you know, a skill position player while they have no quarterback. Hopefully, maybe they trade for Justin Fields in this mock scenario and they give up a second rounder. Let's say they have a quarterback. Um, so I'm actually not going to go with the skill position guy. You could still argue, by the way, that they could still use another receiver. Obviously, you have Bijan at running back. You use the first round pick on him. Drake London at receiver. You use the first round pick on him. Kyle Pitts at tight end, first round pick on him. But I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with an edge rusher. I'm going to go with my favorite edge rusher in the draft, Liatu Latu from right. UCLA. Uh, 15 sacks this year with a 96.3 PFF grade, the highest rated edge in the, in the country. Um, 6'5", that you guys know, I, I have a type when it comes to edge rushers. He stands up, he bats down passes at the line. Um, he was kind of a bright spot on a, on a defense two years ago that was very bad. And then this year, UCLA went from being kind of this like run and gun you know, 55 to 48 team to being a team that relied on their defense. And Layatu Latu was kind of the, the spearhead of that. Um, in 2022 as well, he had 12 sacks. So that's 27 sacks in two years. Like I, I he's my number one edge um, by a pretty good margin. So Falcons could definitely use some help up front. If those medicals right. clear, he's a top 10 pick. Yeah, that's the concern. All right, well, that puts the Bears back on the clock at number nine. They've already got Caleb Williams. Presumably, they've gotten a second-round pick or maybe more for Justin Fields. And they're so thrilled that Malik Neighbors is there at nine. They will sprint to the podium to get Malik Neighbors. And now, all of a sudden, this offense, you've got Caleb Williams at quarterback. You've got... DJ Moore, and you've got Malik Neighbors at wide receiver. There's still some things that you need to address, and they got 62 million in cap space. They can do that in free agency as well. Uh, but wide receiver, especially one like Malik Neighbors at nine, that's a slam dunk pick uh, for the Bears, and that would put the New York Jets on the clock at ten. And I believe that's you, Dibes. Yeah, this one's a no-brainer. Just like the Jets, they are sprinting to the podium you know the the 2023 season was supposed to be like the jets year man with the whole aaron Rodgers and the torn achilles they go into 2024 hoping to get to the playoffs uh this season and for me you look at this offensive line they cannot protect the quarterback abt is a really nice player uh but he needs four friends and they're going to add a big one and that is joe alt uh, left tackle goal out of Notre Dame, who six foot eight, just elite measurables, plug and play, uh, Pro Bowl upside from day one. 
All right, Mark, uh, that puts you up on the clock for the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, despite Brian Flores making their defense look really good this year, um, they have a desperate need up front, whether that be on the interior D-line, whether that be on the edge. I mean, Harrison Phillips, Daniel Hunter, these guys aren't getting any younger. Um, so they definitely need to infuse their front seven with some young talent. You got a lot of options here. I, I mean, you could go Jerzon Newton. You could go Jared first. I'm going to go with a guy, a guy that I don't think Dives is all that big of a fan of. I think we, I think we might have a little bit of a disagreement here. But I really like Dallas Turner. Um, I, I think Dallas Turner kind of reminds me of like Will Anderson light. And I know that's like an easy comp to make coming from Bama, but that's kind of the exact type of guy that I think translates really well to the NFL. And he's had multiple years of production, nine sacks in 2021, five sacks, 2022, 11 sacks in, in 2023 bounced back off kind of a weird year in 2022, but he had a ton of hurries, ton of pressures. Uh, this was a guy who I, I feel like he jumped off the, off the screen every single time that I watched Alabama's defense. Yeah. We apologize there. Somebody forgot to tell the saints GM that there were no trades. They were calling to try to trade <laughs> Because they think they're just one player away from making the playoffs for like the fourth year in a row. So, all right, Dallas <laughs> Turner there to Minnesota. That puts me up uh, for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are going to rip the Band-Aid off the Russell Wilson contract. It's going to be $35 million in dead cap in 2024. It's going to be $49 million in dead cap in 2025 via a post-June 1 release. But they've made it clear that they're going to move on. And so now quarterback is an issue. Um, I think they're going to have to address that through free agency uh, or they're going to have to trade up. Not, neither option is really available to them here. They could look for a Kirk Cousins. They could look for a Gardner Minshew. Uh, there's not a quarterback that I think you want to draft at 12 with Jaden Daniels off the board. Moving up wasn't an option here. But they also have needs all over their defense. They could use a cornerback opposite Patrick Sertan. They could use an edge rusher. Uh, I'm going to opt towards the cornerback side of the board here, and I'm going to go to Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama. He can be a running mate to Pat Sertan. They never played together, did they? No, I don't think so. I don't think that timeline no, lines no. up, but they at least went to the same school. Uh, we'll get Kool-Aid McKinstry out there and have a duo of Alabama cornerbacks uh, rocking in the Denver backfield for the foreseeable future. So, that would put the Raiders on the clock at, at pick 13. Uh, dives, where are you going here? Yeah, the, the Raiders are a little disappointed. Uh, you know, the top three quarterbacks are off the board. I, I think this would probably be a prime area for the Raiders to trade back. But we're not going to do that. Uh, you look at their needs, uh, quarterback, right tackle, um, cornerback. And I'm going to go just based on my big board. And I'm going to go with my... Uh, favorite corner that's still on the board, and that's Terion Arnold out of Alabama. Uh, Big-time playmaker. Uh, if you watch the Alabama tape, he's been all over the field. Um, he's extremely physical, great in coverage. He can really do it all. He checks off all the boxes. Give, give me Terion Arnold just to load up that Raiders D. All right, Mark, you're up for the Saints at 14. Who's the player that's going to get them their Super Bowl run this year? Yeah, by the way, just touching on those picks, those are the top two corners for my my big board as well, and they're neck and neck. Daniel, I thought that those were kind of – this is exactly kind of where I have them, like right outside the top ten. 
Daniel Jeremiah was tweeting today about how he thinks Terry and Arnold is like in the class with like Marvin Harrison, Roma Dunze, wow. and, and Brock Bowers and Malik. I'm telling Bowers you, and, you watch and the wow. tape and it, like he's everywhere. Like it's the amount of plays he made in 2023 is ridiculous. He, yeah, he's he, a really fun watch. He was comparing him to Sauce and comparing him to Weatherspoon, which is – I mean, that, that's high praise. So um, I, I'm definitely going to have to dive in more. He definitely jumped off the film. So did McKinstry, though. Wow. They're, they're both really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Saints actually don't have a big need at corner. I just wanted to comment on that. But Saints do have a need similar to the Vikings. They have kind of like a franchise cornerstone. Not that Daniel Hunter was a franchise cornerstone for the Vikings. But Cam Jordan not getting younger. Um, they don't have a lot there outside of outside of him in terms of rushing the passer. So they're going to go with a guy who I, I know we all liked a lot last year when, when he when we thought he might um, come into the draft. And I'm going with Jared Verse out of Florida State. Three really good years. I mean, three similarly great years. Like it, he's just played three years, stops the run, rushes the passer, pressures him a lot, gets sacks. Like he, he's six four, two sixty. I'm a little bit older um, for a prospect verse since he did stay um, four years in college, but uh, I still think he's a phenomenal prospect. And it's cool to see a guy who we had fringe top 10 last year. We're talking about him fringe top 10 this year. So often, you know, they, they, they go back to college and then you're like, man, what a bad decision. They ended up in the third round. They had a down year. Uh, they got hurt, whatever the case may be. Jared versus right back kind of, you know, where he, where he was. It's, it's a shame. He went back to Florida state to go undefeated and have a chance at the playoff. They go undefeated and they tell you, sorry, not good enough. Um, but Jared verse, uh, really, really good player. I expect to be a beast at the next level. All right. Uh, that puts the Colts up at pick 15. Uh, Colts have $72.8 million in cap space. They have a lot of room to make moves. Um, backup quarterback is paramount with the way that Anthony Richardson plays. And so I think they should spend a decent amount of that to try to keep Gardner Minshew. They could really go a lot of ways here that their defensives, their secondary could use some help. <coughs> they could go get a weapon uh, for the offense. I think the pick here probably is to go to the secondary though. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Nate Wiggins cornerback out of Clemson. Uh, you can plug him in as an immediate upgrade for that Colts secondary. Uh, and try to help their defense out. And that's going to put uh, the Seattle Seahawks on the clock at pick 16, and Dibes, that's you. Love the Nate Wiggins, man. I, I think all three corners that were just taken in the top 15 are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, looking at the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they're, they're heading into this offseason with a big decision to make with uh, Jamal Adams. He makes a lot of money. Um, you know, you look at their needs, guard, linebacker. We're not taking a guard in the top 15. We're not taking a linebacker in the top 15. Value-wise, I'm always BPA here. Um, could they look at quarterback of the future here? You know, they, they might need to make a move. Maybe they trade down. I don't know, but we're not doing trades because they don't have a second-round pick. They do have a couple third-round picks, but this is going to be the first surprise of the draft here. The Seattle Seahawks are going to go with Michael Penix Jr. Uh, here. And, uh, I've always been a big fan of him. Uh, he really struggles against pressure uh, and against the blitz, um, but he's a great leader. Uh, a little older uh, for a prospect, but he's a guy that can kind of hit the NFL running. Uh, so give me Michael Penix Jr. Staying in Washington. Staying in Washington. All right. 
so that gets us through the top 16 of the draft. Uh, we're going to throw it to a quick break, and then we'll be back for picks 17 through 32. Back right after this. And we are back here on the BGN Draft Show. We're halfway through our inaugural mock draft. Michael Penix Jr. just came off the board at pick 16 to the Seattle Seahawks. Mark, that puts you on the clock for the Jacksonville Jaguars at pick 17. Uh, what do you have? Uh, well, you know, you got to get offensive mastermind Press Taylor um, some pieces for him to work with there in Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, well, it, who would have thought they'd be picking 17 here, not making the playoffs in that division? Um, really disappointing. One of the more disappointing teams uh, of the entire season. But uh, they have some pretty it's it's it, we kind of talked about it on Chalk Talk. We, we do a fixing your franchise segment and the Jags have like some needs, but there's not these needs that are desperate. But they're also not a lot of positions you look at where you're like, oh, they're locked down for sure there kind of like oh you could take a lot of positions so um it is a little bit of a a best player available situation um i'm going to look to the offensive line uh they're not you know they have a couple options here uh actually you know what audible audible you know omaha i'm not going to go to the offensive line i I noticed that there's still a player there left on the board they could use some help um, in the secondary as well um i'm going to go ahead to the secondary and i'm going to go with cooper DeGene. Um, Cooper DeGene, uh, who is a really, really good player, um, punt returner that they used at Iowa. So he's a next level athlete, really quick, really fast. Um, he is a turnover machine, a pick six machine there at Iowa, just has tremendous ball skills. Uh, I think he'll slot right into the NFL. All right. That puts me up for the Cincinnati Bengals. My heart skipped a beat when you said offensive line, because that's where I was about to go. Uh, right tackle Jonah Williams is a pending free agent. I, I've said before that I would lean towards letting him walk, but offensive line's been such an issue for them for so long that they might not want to do that. Obviously, that decision's made before the draft, but uh, regardless, Talisi Fuega here at pick 18, he's played right tackle for Oregon State. Uh, assuming you've let Jonah Williams walk, I think you can take Fuega and you can plug him right in. Uh, and he can be a good right tackle for you. So that's a perfect fit here, I think, for the Bengals. Helps them strengthen their trenches and keep their cap under control with kind of their looming wide receiver contracts. So that puts the Los Angeles Rams on the clock at pick 19 and dives you up. The Rams were a little nervous when you said offensive line. Uh, They are also going to continue the offensive line train here at pick number 19. You look at the Los Angeles Rams, you know, they had uh, a lot of key contributors, you know, young guys and Byron Young, Kobe Turner, Puka Nakua. Uh, and they're very happy to announce that J.C. Latham will be coming to the Los Angeles Rams. Just a monster, six foot six, left tackle prospect. Um, I mean, I think he's he might be a right tackle, um, but he's also got experience playing guard as well. Excellent strength, excellent, excellent length, excellent athleticism can play multiple spots, former five-star recruit. He's got it all, minus the the experience. <laughs> but J.C. Latham to the Rams. That was my backup pick if Mark <laughs> took Fuega, So I was going to take Fuega. I probably should have taken Fuega. That, I, was, I, I, I audible. That was bad. I was frantically checking to make sure Latham also played right tackle. I was pretty sure he did, but I wasn't positive. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, sorry, that puts the Steelers on the clock here at pick 20. Mark, this is you. Uh, what what are you going? Where are you going here? I'm going to go and, you know, get this. The Steelers need offensive line help. It's, you know, time is a flat circle. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to – Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. Mason Rudolph might be the future. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with the Steelers. I'm going to go ahead. They took Broderick Jones last year from Georgia, an offensive tackle. Let's go take the guy he played with there at Georgia. Let's take a Marius Mims um, and lock down their offensive tackle situation for the next five to 10 years with some Georgia Bulldogs. All right. That puts Miami on the clock at 21. And man, Miami's in a tough spot. Uh, Two is about to be on his fifth year option. The Dolphins are $42 million over the cap right now. That's second to only the Saints uh, for worse salary cap situation. They've got a lot of old players, uh, Tyree Kill, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Taron Armstead, that are expensive. And I, We don't have to have the two a conversation here. That's not the point of the podcast, but uh, it's rough in, in Miami right now. I think you probably want to push chips in here, try to get somebody, unless a quarterback you love falls to you. You want to push everything in and try to go win right now before all these old guys are done. I don't know that you can do that with Tua, but a great way to do it is building through the trenches, and they have needs on both sides of the ball uh, in the trenches. Offensively, it's mostly interior offensive line, which you don't probably want to take this high, uh, but Jerzan Newton looks really good here. Uh, defensive lineman out of Illinois to help anchor the interior of their defensive line. Hopefully you get guys back from injury. They lost a lot of edge rushers to injury uh, and you can make a push this year. So give me Jerzan Newton uh, out of Illinois for the Dolphins. And that dives puts Philadelphia Eagles on the clock at pick 22. No, no pressure. pressure, no pressure, but this is the only pick most people listening to this podcast care about. Uh, yeah. I love the Johnny Newton pick. Uh, he's absolutely terrific. I can't believe he fell to 21. That's the steal of the draft so far. Pound for pound, just elite talent. Um, you look at the needs for the Eagles. Yeah, if you watch the the Bucks game, they do have a need at wide receiver. And given the value and the talent at this spot, you that has to be in the discussion. Uh, linebacker, I just don't see. Uh, like I'm a BPA guy in round one. It just doesn't fit here. And then the Eagles are a little sad that the top three in Wiggins and Arnold and uh, Kool Aid are off the board. I, there, but for me, I'm going to stick to my big board. I'm going to address the defensive line just as Howie always does. And the guy I am targeting is Braylon Trice, uh, edge rusher out of Washington. I think he's terrific against the run. Still needs to develop as a pass rusher, but he's a high floor, sure thing prospect coming into the NFL. Um, super high motor. Um, I think Eagles fans would love him. Uh, can do a lot of different things. Uh, and, you know, I think he definitely has three down potential in the NFL. Drafting a defensive lineman for the fourth consecutive first round pick would be a very Eagles thing to do. Uh, so Braylon Trice here to the Eagles. That puts the Houston Texans on the clock at pick 23. Uh, Mark, the floor is yours. The Houston Texans are upset. Uh, they, the Houston Texans wanted Braylon Trice very badly. The Houston Texans like Braylon Trice a lot. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna tilt here a little bit. They're on tilt. 
Um, they didn't get the player they wanted, even though they have two first round picks. No, they gave up. Never mind. They gave up their other one to Arizona. Um, so I'm looking at edge. There's two guys here um, that you, you take a look at. One is kind of the more of the athletic profile, the five-star guy, less production. And one is the guy who was just super productive in college. I'm going to go with the guy who was super productive in college from Alabama, the other edge rusher, yet another um, Alabama defensive player. I'm going to go with Chris Braswell um, up near the top. Um, He's a guy who feels like he can do just about everything, Um, had a real breakout year. Um, I don't know if he was necessarily looked at as even a day two prospect. coming into this season and now i think he's going to be a lock to go in the first round i think he's going to test out really well athletically um people say he's a beast in the weight room i I think he's going to be a guy who rises throughout this process he went from i feel like even like a couple weeks ago he was like still a day two guy when you looked on the mocks when you looked on the simulators now he's back into the first or like back into the first round i think there's a chance he ends up going higher than even where i just picked him all right that puts the cowboys up on the clock uh dallas is projected 11 million over the cap they are probably going to post june 1 release michael gallup to save 9.5 million next year they're probably also going to let brandon cooks go which creates a big need for them at wide receiver they've also got needs on their offensive line like is tyron smith going to retire or do they move on from him and then if so how do you handle tyler smith uh he's been so good at left guard he was drafted to be a left tackle he played really well at guard. You kick him outside. So they could go for a tackle. They could go for a guard. They could go for a wide receiver. They could go for a defensive tackle because they totally wasted their first round pick last year on Mozzie Smith. Uh, but it basically comes down to Brian Thomas Jr. or Jordan Morgan for me. Uh, I think the Cowboys would probably do what the Cowboys like to do, and that's go for the sexy pick. So uh, give me wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. to be the running mate to CD Lamb. And that puts the Packers on the clock at pick 25. We are now into playoff teams. This order could obviously change, uh, but we're using PFF's projected order here. And Dibes, you have the Packers. So uh, what do you see here? Yeah, January 16th, man. What, what a strong finish to the season uh, for the Packers as they get ready to take on uh, Lions. Is it Lions or? They played 49ers. 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 Um, yeah, set up for success, man. You know, including quarterback Jordan Love, who looks every bit like a viable starting quarterback, possibly. So, uh, additionally, they're projected to have five top 100 picks and even add infuse more young talent onto this roster. You look at their knees, left tackle, safety, center. Um, they have... Uh, a pick in round one, two picks in round two, and two picks in round three. Um, the guy I, I really, really like is Amarius Mims. Um, uh, he's a, a swing tackle. Uh, he's a guy off the bus. Like he's six foot seven, just a monster of a guy. A uh, little bit of a project, uh, but I, I think he's a guy that uh, really will. He's he's well. gone. He's gone. Did someone he pick went, him? Yeah, uh, twenty to the Steelers. Okay, okay. We will we will shift here. We all shift here for the Green Bay Packers. Um, center is a need. Uh, we're going to double down on giving Jordan Love as much protection as possible. Give me Graham Barton. Uh, he's a multi, like five-spot offensive lineman, uh, a dude that can play center, tackle, guard, you name it. 
Um, just pound for pound, one of the most talented football players in this draft. Uh, he, there, there's a lot of talk that he's going to be moving to center in the NFL, but he can play guard at a pinch. Of, of course, uh, great athlete, uh, great football IQ, Dan Barton. All right. That puts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock uh, at pick 26. Mark, that is you. I am looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Mike Evans, who's on the final year of his deal. You got Chris Godwin, who is not getting younger. You don't really have any weapons outside of that. There's a lot of receivers, a lot of depth at receiver in the back end of the first round, top end of the second round. I, I'm really split between a couple guys. I have a tier of about four or five guys. Would have been five or six if Ibuka was here, but he went back to college. Um, but in terms of the receiver market, I'm going to go with Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman is just a special athlete. He's a 6'4", 215 freak who was returning punts. Um, I, I think we didn't see – I don't think I think we've only scratched the surface of what Keon Coleman can be as a receiver. It feels like they didn't use him quite enough. Um, he wasn't that efficient with his targets, but this is just betting on traits and betting on athleticism. And I, I think with Tampa, you can kind of put him in there as your wide receiver three um, if you lock down Evans next year, or at least for the time being, and he can grow into that wide receiver one or two role when one of them leave. All right. So that puts me on the clock for the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals need a wide receiver, but they previously took a wide receiver in Roma Dunze at pick four. Um, they could look at their offensive line. They could look at a cornerback. Kamari Lassiter is probably the guy there. They could look at the defensive line. Um, I think... Why is Chop Robinson so low? Yeah, yeah they really uh, lowered him. He yeah, shouldn't he's, be he's a very low. he's a very polarizing pick. I've seen him top twenty. I've seen him second round. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe I'm missing something with him, but uh, I'm gonna go chop Robinson. We know Jonathan Gannon's scheme wants guys that can rush the passer. Uh, that's what he's gonna rely on to get stops. And so, Chop Robinson is probably one of the better pass rushers left on the board, in my opinion. Uh, so Arizona will go there at pick twenty seven. And that puts the Chiefs on the clock at pick 28. All right. The Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock here. I mean, you have needs at wide receiver, interior defender, edge rusher. You know, Chris Jones is a pending free agent. Um, the offense has been a problem, correct? Um, you know, Troy Franklin's a terrific prospect in his own right. Great size. Can you scroll down on PFF's? Big board there just a little bit. Um, Tez Walker's really nice. Um, AD Mitchell's really nice. Nice vertical threat there as well. Um, probably not going to make a lot of Chiefs fans happy, but I'm going to go with my uh, next best defense, defensive lineman available, and I'm going to go Leonard Taylor out of Miami. Um, he's a defensive tackle. Uh, just a beast, uh, great size, great explosiveness, good athlete, a uh, guy that can do a little bit of both and run and pass rush, run support and pass rushing. So Leonard Taylor, just adding more depth to that defense. All right, Mark, that puts you on the clock for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills could use some help um, along their offensive line. Um, and I am going to go uh, a little bit, uh, you know, 
lower <laughs> on the board, um, just like you did with Chop Robinson. I'm going to go all the way down to 54 and go to offensive tackle Patrick Paul from Houston. 6'7", 315, um, didn't allow a sack this year on uh, what he's played 18, like close to 1700 snaps over the last two seasons. He's allowed one sack and that's on a team with Houston. He's played about, uh, you know, 1100 pass block snaps. They throw the ball at will. It's an air raid offense. Um, and he's only allowed four quarterback hits, one sack. I think he's way way underrated um in, in terms of some of the some of the mocks out there to me he's a he's a fringe top 20 guy um there's another offensive tackle i could have went with that i actually have one spot above him but i wanted to talk about patrick paul <laughs> who's the other one uh it's it's jordan morgan okay, okay. Um, that's I what actually, i figured because i, I had yeah. an arizona kick yeah, I do have Jordan Morgan a spot higher, but I feel like Jordan Morgan's getting a lot of love at a lot of places. I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk a little Patrick Paul. All right, so that puts the Lions on the clock at pick 30. 61 million in cap space. They can make some moves. They need help all over their defense. Uh, they could also use interior offensive line help. I would love to get them an edge rusher. There's not an edge rusher here that I love uh, at this value, so I'm going to go with cornerback Kamari Lassiter. Uh, to help try to bolster that defense. Ah, it's a great pick at this point, for sure. That's uh, The Niners are very upset right now because that's who we circle <laughs> yeah, on well, our big board. What punter would you like to take for the 49ers, Dives? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, man. All right. Well, that puts you on the clock here at pick 31. Uh, what do you have? All right. The uh... – the San Francisco 49ers are scrambling just a little bit. Um, we're looking at not a lot of needs here. You know, it's not going to be an active offseason for the Niners. Uh, they are kind of up against the cap a little bit. Uh, they don't have a lot of impending free agents. Um, they don't really have that many needs. You look at their needs, right guard, left guard, defensive tackle, Um I could go defensive tackle. I could go right guard. I could go left guard uh, in this one. Hmm. This is my first like actual difficult decision uh, in this. In this, so uh, I'm going to go with the next best offensive tackle for the Niners. Someone to groom. Give me Tyler Guyton um, out of Oklahoma. Uh, a really intriguing prospect. Good athleticism, um, really good tape as well. If you watch him, um, so uh, that's that's where we're gonna go. It will kill me if he goes to the 49ers. <laughs> so thanks for that. Uh, that brings the, according to PFF, Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens up. Mark at pick 32. Uh, where where do you see them going? Um, I still think the Ravens could use receiver help. Odell probably won't be back this year. Who knows? Bateman um, probably will. I don't know if he'll, they'll give him a second contract soon. Um, so you definitely have Zay Flowers. Let's get a guy who I, I think could pair really well with Zay Flowers. And he's a guy who stood out on maybe not one of the best teams this year, really disappointing season. Um, but South Carolina had a receiver named Xavier Leggett. Um, who is a freak. He's an absolute freak show, 6'3", 227. And this is a guy who – so the fastest speed that anyone reached this year in college, or in the NFL 
was DK Metcalf hitting 22.23 miles per hour. Um, Xavier Leggett hit 22.3 twice, and he's 40 pounds heavier. Yeah. That seems seems insane. Like, he's just an absolute freak show. Um, And he's not just some athletic freak. He also had a really good year production-wise. Like, 71 catches on 97 targets, 1,255 yards. Eight, almost 18 yards per catch. Um, I, I really like Xavier Leggett. He's kind of a guy I'm slowly kind of falling in love with here in the draft process. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. That is our first round mock draft. Uh, <clears throat> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see. I'm not going to read all the picks out again, but uh, maybe I'll tweet this picture once the episode goes live. But again, is this how the draft will play out? Absolutely not, but it gives us a good way to talk about needs, to talk about some of these guys that you might hear in the first round. So uh, this is sort of our springboard into coverage. Uh, Starting next week, we're going to be bringing position rankings to you guys each and every week. Uh, We're going to start off with quarterback next week. Maybe not the most exciting position for Eagles fans. That's why we put it first. Uh, But we'll talk about and rank our top quarterbacks in this draft, and our plan is to alternate offense defense every other week position group so uh if there's specific prospects that you want to hear us talk about hit us up on twitter dibes probably has scouting reports out for them already because he's a sicko that's been doing this since like i don't know may May of last year uh so i'm gonna be playing catch up uh but it'll be a lot of fun so thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the bgn draft show if you enjoyed the show Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get all the shows on the BGN radio feed. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. That helps get the show out there to more people. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Shane Half NFL. Dibes is at Mr. Crockpot. And Mark is at Mark Henry Jr. We will catch you guys next week for another episode of the BGN Draft Show. Go Birds. Go Birds.